Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Thursday, everyone. We have been talking about the ladies whose names are listed in the genealogy of Christ, and we are calling them the women of Advent because their lives seem to correlate to the candles that we light during this time of Advent. We have seen how Tamar represented the candle of love, and now we're looking at the second lady, Rahab, and she represents the candle of hope. We have seen that Rahab's situation was hopeless. She was a harlot, and she was living in a city that was doomed for destruction. How was she going to escape? What was her way out? Well, Hebrews tells us that Rahab was saved by faith. Her faith was what saved her. And Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Rahab was hoping for something. And the object of her hope was the God of Israel. Somehow she saw clearly. She saw through the falseness of her own society to the reality that there was a God who created heaven and earth and she was looking to him for her salvation. So the object of her faith was the God of Israel. Let's move on today and look at the ground of her faith. Her faith was grounded in something. You see, faith has to be grounded. It just can't be faith in faith because we can delude ourselves. You could have all the faith in the world that a bridge is going to hold you up. But I tell you, if it doesn't have the structural strength to hold you, it's going to break. And it doesn't matter how much faith you have in it. So you see, our faith has to be grounded in something that's solid. What was Rahab's faith grounded in? Well, it was grounded in the facts of what she had heard. What were they? Well, she tells us in Joshua 2 and verse 10. She says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. She had heard reports of how God had worked in the lives of the children of Israel. The stories of how the Red Sea was parted, drifted into their city. I don't know whether it was travelers that would come from other parts of the world and would say, do you know about this nation Israel? It's amazing what their God does for them. They're in the wilderness, but manna falls from heaven and they get water from a rock. She heard these stories and she believed them. And right up into recent times, it said here, where they had just defeated the armies of the Amorites. She heard the reports, and something in her heart witnessed to the truth of them. I don't know how often she may have thought about the God of Israel, but at some point she came to the realization that he was the creator of heaven and earth, and that he would be her only hope for deliverance. What I'm trying to share here is that our faith is reasonable. 
You cannot have a faith in something that is completely unreasonable. Now, it's supernatural and it can be miraculous, but it has to be something that we know in our hearts is grounded in truth. And even though she couldn't prove these reports, I mean, she wasn't there. She didn't see the Red Sea split. So she couldn't satisfy completely all the doubts that she had in her mind that this was real. But she believed the reports of the people that told her. You know, we find ourselves in the same situation today. Rahab is an example for us. She's written up in the book of Hebrews that was written for our benefits to say, here is an example of someone who exercised faith. And we need to exercise our faith in the same way. When Rahab heard these reports, I'm sure that many of her friends said, ah, that's too far-fetched. That could never happen. I don't believe that at all. I'm sure many mocked the miracles that happened to the people of Israel. But not Rahab. Somehow she had a disposition to believe. Now, this is important because what does it take for you to believe? How much evidence do you demand? If you're predisposed to disbelief, well, it really doesn't matter how much evidence you stack up. There will always be some question that you can pose that others do not have an answer to. And so you can say, aha, you don't have an answer, then it can't be true. But is that reasonable? We can never fully have answers to all of our questions. Just because we don't have an answer to our question doesn't mean that there isn't an answer. There are questions that I've had for years, questions about the Bible or or why God did something and I don't understand it. But then later on, I have fuller understanding and I say, oh, I understand now why that happened. Has truth changed? No. I've just come to see it and I have an answer to my question. But are there still questions that I have? Certainly there are. In fact, there's nothing in life that we really know for sure. We take a lot of things for granted. I've never been to China, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe that there's a nation of China and that there's a billion some people there. You see, we all believe on the witness of others. So the real question is, what is your disposition to believe? Everyone has a disposition to believe or to disbelieve. And Jesus said to Thomas, don't be unbelieving, but believing. We find this in John chapter 20. Jesus had just appeared to the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there. And when they told Thomas, Thomas said, unless I see in his hands the nail prints and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Well, Jesus suddenly appears in the room and he says to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. And then these words that I've already mentioned, do not be unbelieving, but believing. Jesus told Thomas, you have a disposition to unbelief here that's hindering you. Don't be unbelieving, but believing. And then he went on to say, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Who is he talking about here? 
He was talking about you and me. I mean, I have never seen the risen Savior. I have never put my fingers in the nail prints in his hands. But I believe. What am I believing on? I'm believing on the word of those who witnessed it and told the story. And it was passed on down generation to generation right down to now. Just like Rahab, she was told the story of how Israel crossed the Red Sea. That had happened 40 years earlier. But that was passed from one person to another person until it came to Rahab. And something in her heart reached out and believed it. And so she put her hope of deliverance in this God that could do miracles. This is what we do today. We're putting our faith in Jesus Christ, who came to deliver us of our sin. And I have chosen to believe. Not because every question in my mind is answered, but because my heart has reached out. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. It is a heart belief. It's something internal that reaches out to say, I believe this. And when you believe, then God gives you the evidence that what you believed was right and true. I know that God exists, not just because at the beginning I put faith in God, but now my life experience of how God has worked in my life, how he's answered my prayer, how he's intervened in the affairs of my life. That has substantiated my faith at the beginning. But you have to believe first. The Bible says these signs will follow them that believe. The signs come after your belief. You believe first, and then the signs come. We have to believe just like Rahab believed. She was in a city that was doomed for destruction. And her hope of deliverance was going to be in the God of the ones that were even bringing the destruction to them. And this is a real picture of us today. We live in a city, a global city, that's under doom. The whole world is under judgment for their sins. And the judgment is being carried out by a righteous God. But that righteous God has provided a Savior. And he says, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I have reached out and believed that. And Jesus told Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We believe on the witness of others. And now that we believe, we're to pass that on to others. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus told his disciples, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is a message that we keep passing on. I'm a satisfied customer, so I want to tell other people about it. Just like when I have a good meal at a restaurant, I tell other people about it. So, I tell you, Jesus is the bread of life. He satisfies the longing of your soul. And if we could just get past our so-called sophistication, in fact, it's an arrogance of sophistication, where we think we know more. Just because I don't have an answer, I dismiss it all. 
I tell you, you do so at your peril. Millions and millions of people that have lived on this earth have put their trust in Jesus Christ. Doctors, lawyers, philosophers, the greatest thinkers of every generation have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And as a result, they received the benefit of it. That's my challenge to you today. If you're listening, and maybe your faith has wavered from time to time, I want to strengthen your faith today. Reach out like Rahab and just believe. Come as Jesus said, like a little child. Why? Because they have a disposition to believe. You tell them something, they just believe it. And that should be the condition of our heart when we come to spiritual things. Because you cannot see God, but I tell you, you can experience Him. Well, I see our time is gone for today, and we will continue tomorrow with the last part of Rahab's story. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.